Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Dallas is Nancy Rote. Nancy is Managing Principal Compliance Pro Consulting. And today we're going to be talking about HIPAA and deep dives into HIPAA programs. You know, it's one of those things, I got to say, Nancy, I could definitely see the need to do a periodic deep dive uh, into how well the organization is managing patient privacy. My first question on this subject is, should the assessment be a regularly scheduled event, or and if so, how frequently, or is it a time-to-time thing? That's an excellent question. The regulations don't specify how often we as organizations need to perform a HIPAA risk assessment, but the risk analysis really needs to be conducted and updated regularly, um, periodically, to your point. And the best practice in there in healthcare would really be once a year or when something significant changes, if it, if it prompted something um, during the interim. So the key is establishing a cadence of regular assessments. You know, we all have resource constraints. Only you know if your organization can perform these, um, you know, on an outsourced basis or if it's something that you need to be conducting internally. So take a look take a few moments and really set forth that calendar that you would like to see and that you can use to communicate with your team and your staff. One thing I will say is to beware, organizations performing their reviews internally often fall into the trap of performing a gap analysis rather than a true risk assessment. And OCR doesn't equate the two. So if you do have, for example, a breach down the road, OCR isn't going to consider adequate identification and analysis exercises is anything um, short of a true risk assessment. So do your risk assessment annual if you can, but don't stop there. Once you or your vendor have performed it, um, carry the findings and the mitigation forward into your annual work plan. And there are tools out there like the security risk assessment tool developed by ONC and OCR or you know, tools that, um, that we as vendors could offer you that will help you um, perform these risk assessments on the interim, you know, sort of the, the annual basis, and then perhaps every three or four years have sort of that external profit perform the risk assessment so that you've got the additional credibility um, with your board, your C-suite, as well as third-party regulators. Uh, in terms of the effective analysis and assessment of your of your risks. Not to mention the fact that when an outsider looks, they do tend to see things that you don't because you're too close to them. It's also interesting and something I've observed, I know others have as well, that although we as compliance and privacy authors, officers know our, our content, know our, you know, our expertise, often it's a welcome message or a more welcome message from a third party vendor or sort of the external profit um, to relay the the messaging or the assessment findings. It takes you out of the middle and allows you to execute, mitigate, implement those corrective actions and have some of those really critical and candid conversations with your leadership. And having those great conversations with leadership is always important. So what are some of the factors that could lead an organization to say, it's time for us to reassess our HIPAA controls, whether it's part of the annual cycle or periodically you just say, you know what, we really need to stop and look at this. 
It tends to be when there is a substantive change in our environment or the organization that gets us off that regular cadence of the risk assessment. So, for example, if you have a change in leadership in the C-suite or the board, the organizational structure that might prompt you to revisit roles and coordination between the team, uh, the team members. So, for example, if you have a new CISO that you're bringing on board, a change in legal or quality, a lot of factors can influence when it's time to reassess the controls in that risk assessment. Something else you should consider, a couple of things, changes in software platforms the EHR, uh, whether you have an integration with maybe a, a third-party physician group, documentation system, um, CRM, the customer relations and sales databases, billing and claims vendors, mergers and acquisitions, ACO and CIN arrangements, all these things um, you know, really should drive your proactive risk assessment. If you are welcoming new providers into your system, uh, new service line ventures, if you have a trend in hotline and privacy incidents that you're coming through perhaps um, through the hotline calls or things that are bubbling up uh, through those hallway conversations that we all find so invaluable. These are all opportunities to reassess and confirm whether the controls previously implemented are in fact working, but also taking a, a, a very impartial look and determining whether or not the risks that we had previously identified are and still in fact um, of the same import as what we had initially identified. Well, I like that point you made at the end there, especially that sometimes risks go up and risks go down. We tend to look only at escalating risk, but sometimes there is a point where you gotta realize, you know what, that's not so much a factor anymore. So when conducting that assessment, what should compliance teams be looking at? So there's, I think, some key things that we can all take a look at on a regular basis. And remember that you're not doing these assessments in a vacuum. You need to be reaching out, interviewing your leadership, interviewing your staff. Get a very comprehensive picture so that you can have a realistic look at the organization. This is going to help position you in case heaven forbid you do have a breach or have a, a security or privacy incident, you're in a much, much better position to respond to third parties as well as to uh, jump on that work plan and um, breach response. And if you've got the risk assessment in your back pocket, you can really, um, really jump into action far more quickly and have a much better, more comprehensive approach to any potential problems. So some things to take a look at. Uh, your inventory of PHI. What are your potential threats and vulnerabilities um, just across the organization? It could be things like a natural disaster. It could be things like employee um, deletion of information or human error in interfacing with any of your systems. Something external or intentional like malicious software, ransomware, hackers, all these vulnerabilities, gaps in protection, um, employee training, things like that, inadequacy of your policies and procedures could, could weave their way into that component. Talk about your current security measures. Look at the threat of the occurrence, the like, uh, likelihood and impact should be key to these discussions as you 
engage with your leadership and folks that, that really touch these various areas of your system. Assign your risk levels. Make sure that you're talking about assigning um, the, the low, medium, and the high for each threat and vulnerability and prioritizing how these look. And then don't stop there. Like we talked about, make sure that you're documenting and uh, that you can point at a particular uh, you know, moment in time how things look today so that a year, three years, five years from now, you can go back and say, okay, we've, we've really shifted our perspective. We've evolved with our environment and here's how we've changed and what we've done to mitigate our risks. So as an organization goes through all of this assessment, are there any aspects that tend to be overlooked? I think so. You really need to take a solid and very honest look at your business associate. Uh, first of all, do you need a business associate agreement with each of these entities? And what we're finding as we um, you know, as the industry continues to mature, not everybody is interested in having a business associate agreement. Some of the big uh, third parties, um, you know, managing our data are not really interested in signing. So you have to have those honest conversations, and sometimes these may prompt a change in vendors. So keep that in mind. Make sure that you've got your BAA is in place, and watch for those evergreen agreements. Those are things that need to be brushed off and refreshed periodically so that if there are um, relevant terms or perhaps your state has had some changes in its response time, for example, or privacy uh, rules and expectations in terms of response, that you're in a position to, to really move very quickly um, during your investigation and response and um, if, again, if it's over 500, how you're going to, to handle that. Make sure you're taking employee training, and it's not simply the very tired, hackneyed privacy or security training that, you know, might have been rolled out a number of years ago on your um, LMS. It needs to be something a little more vital, and what I've seen and, and like using in some of my organizations are the um, uh, interactive and responsive uh, online training. So if people have a competency in privacy, in security um, areas that, you know, you're not, you're not taking a very um, elementary approach to it, you can jump forward and really help to move, um, move and add to their knowledge base. Look at your mobile and remote work policies, physical security, your incident response plan needs to be uh, reviewed at least annually. And while the risk assessment helps to reduce the chances of a data breach, it's also really important to have, um, again, a, a current incident response plan. And then make sure that it is effective, that your data backups are happening regularly and, uh, and can, be, can be rolled out. Those need to be tested. In some cases, I'll tell you a funny story, the, uh, the organization thought and on paper and, you know, it, it's sort of a high level looked as though the data backups were happening um, as expected. But when there was a, when there was a hiccup going back in, the, the data backups did not actually exist. And so it's very important to go back and, and make sure that those are, are happening as expected. Um, and then encryption and secure communications. This also goes to your employee training, but making sure that people know and are aware and actually are using, for example, a pound secure in the 
um, subject line of an email, for example, if they have PHI that they're um, sending um, outside the organization. And again, the security risk assessment tool is a very handy guide in terms of things that you want to be winding into that risk assessment. So if you're not in a position to use a third-party vendor to um, you know, perform this for you or with you, that these are some of the elements that you can be weaving in to your assessment. Well, as someone whose laptop just died, uh, I can definitely attest the importance of making sure the data backups are getting done on a regular basis. <laughs> so finally, uh, any wrap-up thoughts, things to remember going forward? Absolutely. So if we were going to boil it down, for example, just a handful of bullet points, remember, think about executing a risk analysis or assessment annually or when something significant changes in your organization um, or in the immediate environment. Mix it up. It can be internal uh, reviews or assessments as well as external. So internal might be annually, externally might be maybe every three to five years, depending on your resource constraints. Third, use a tool. Uh, the SRA is a good one or a third party um, vendor may have something that is effective. Make sure that it's tying back to the various um, elements of the regulations so that you can demonstrate in your conversations with leadership um, and with your oversight and governance bodies how all this ties together. Um, and remember, ask about likelihood and impact as you're going through these elements. Also, it's a risk assessment. It is not a gap analysis. This fourth point might be one of the very most important to remember. And then fifth, document, document, document. You need to be able to demonstrate when asked, uh, whether it's by your board of directors or, or whether it's by the OCR, you know, should something um, happen and there's some sort of audit, you know, where were you at that potential, at that moment in time? How were you addressing things? What were these risks and why were they um, deemed to be whether a, a high likelihood or a high impact? And don't stop with the risk assessment communicate about it. Talk with your team, talk with your oversight bodies, and you know, hopefully you'll never be in a position to have to um, engage with a third-party regulator, but if you do, this is a really, really great platform to go and, and start those critical conversations. Well, Nancy, thank you for sharing so much of your insight with us today. There's a lot here to think about. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.